the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. We want to encourage your attention on today to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll begin our reading at verse 7. We started on a journey last week preaching from the subject, Do We Need the Church? Amen. Trying to get some answers to that question. Do we need the church? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Have y'all found it yet? Are y'all still looking? All right, I didn't hear y'all say amen, so I was I was just kind of filling up some space while y'all were still searching. Is it buffering or what's going on? Amen. That's why you need the blood because it always works. It never loses power. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, God's word reads as follows. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of the gift, or rather to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, and in cunning craftiness of deceit plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, and from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Father in heaven, we thank you for this day for the grace that you've given already and for your Holy Spirit's presence and power even right now. Lord, we pray that in the preaching of this gospel, you would lead those who are lost to the safe shores of salvation in you. Pray, Heavenly Father, that you would speak and deal with those who are even struggling in their walk with you, that they might find themselves overcoming the obstacles of being wayward and be drawn closer to you. 
Father, I pray that the preaching of the word would cause someone who came in discouraged to leave encouraged in the word of God. Lord, speak to this body. Edify those who've come and entered into the doors. I pray that the preaching of the gospel, most importantly, Lord, that your name gets glory out of it all. God, in the process, I stand as an instrument and a vessel who needs the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Give me what I stand in need of, Lord, so that I can be an effective vessel in the hearing of your people. Lord, use me now to accomplish your holy and divine will in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray, with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. Amen. Catherine, on last week as we started this journey in Hebrews chapter 10, we spoke to you from the subject matter, our inherent obligation to attend church. We said that we ought to have a sense of obligation to attend church. And then as we looked at that idea, we pulled out three reasons that we have in the midst of it there in Hebrews chapter 10. First, we said we have an obligation To the blood of Jesus, because of the blood that was sprinkled on Calvary's mountain, that was shed on Calvary's mountain for the redemption of our sin, because of what he did that no one else could do, that the animals couldn't do, but because of his blood that was shed, we have an obligation to the blood of Jesus, that blood that still works. We have an obligation to want to come together and gather together to worship the living God together. We have an obligation not only to the blood of Jesus, but we have an obligation to the holy priesthood of Jesus. He is our high priest. He is the one who goes in before us. He is the means by which we have access to God. Because of his holy priesthood, that is not like the priesthood of men that went in before the holies of holies once a year and offered over and over and over again blood uh, for the covering of sin. His blood, he went in and offered his blood one time and for all. And because of his high priesthood, it took away all of our sin. And never again do we have to go back and have a priest or a high priest to intercede on our behalf, but we now have an opportunity to boldly approach the throne of God, and he, being our intercessor, is even now making intercession for us. We have an obligation to the high priesthood of Jesus. We have an obligation to the blood of Jesus. But thirdly, we found and discovered we have an obligation to one another in Jesus. We have and we need each other in this body called Christ. I need you and you need me. We need each other in this body called Christ in order that we might be effective at doing what God has called us to do. Your presence, my presence, our presence together encourages us and enhances us in what we've been called to do in the body of Christ. Are y'all still here? As a result of this sermon that I preached on last Sunday, got some emails, got some text messages, I got some some folks that had wanted to have a little discussion with me, some calls, and stopped me along the way. And I think it was because the message convicted some people. Amen. Let me just warn you here that the, the Word of God does convict. It will convict you. It'll cut you going in and coming out. Amen. But it's just cutting out that which is not like Him and healing as it cuts. But let me just give a little qualification, a little clarification, if I can say it that way, a little clarification to my message on last week. The intention of that message was not to demonize or to beat up on those who legitimately don't come and can't come to church. 
I said legitimately. Because I understand and I realize even as we broadcast our services uh, via live stream and as well through the radio, I realize that there are people who legitimately can't make it to the house of God on a regular or consistent basis. There are some people legitimately who work on Sunday. They have jobs. They work. They, they're on their jobs. There are some that are even truck drivers that, that are driving across the country and they're delivering, you know, packages and, and, and all that kind of thing. You got, got that group of people. We got some people who are confined to their homes. They can't get out of the house. They maybe through some physiological issue, some problem with their health that they literally, legitimately not because they got a runny nose this morning. No, they legitimately, they can't get out the bed. They, they might be paralyzed and they can't make it to the house of God. There, there's some legitimate concerns that we were addressing there in the not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. There are some folk who are caregivers, amen, who are taking care of people who are confined to the homes, et cetera, et cetera. And in the process of broadcasting, we also realize that there are some people, and the question may come, well, why do you even do it then if we're supposed to assemble? Well, because there are some legitimate people who can't, through whatever process, can't make it to the assembly, but also we realize that this is an opportunity to broadcast the gospel to the world. So literally, praise the Lord. So, so literally, on any given Sunday, we have people watching our broadcast across the world and listening to our broadcast across the world. And so we understand that there are some other venues by which and reasons by which you or will reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I, I needed to qualify that. I wasn't trying to attack those who had legitimate reasons for not being able to make it into the house of God. I was, I, and, I, and it wasn't really me. It was just the word of God. It was the Bible that was doing the convicting. It wasn't me. Amen. I was just preaching what the Bible said. And so sometimes what the Bible says will convict you where you are and push you to where you need to be. So maybe the text caused some folk to get up from bedside Baptist a man who was just rolling over, clicking on the internet, and caused you to come to the house of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Y'all still here with me? So, so we understand that. So now, as we attempt to answer still this question, do we need the church? It's important, I think, to, to hear this. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me just read a couple other verses here. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6 tell us this. It says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Y'all got that? And this one faith that we have, this one body that we have, Colossians says that body, Colossians chapter 118 says that body is called the church. There's one body. This is the universal church. There's one church, and there's one head of the church, and there's one God who rules the church, and there's one God who's in the church, and one God who's over the whole church. One. Y'all got that? Y'all still here with me? And so in Understanding this, as we all come together, the body comes together as the church itself. This morning, I want to address 
the benefits of the church. Because when the body comes together, there are benefits to the body coming together, the parts of the body coming together. Y'all still here? And so I address this because I realize that there are a number of people in our postmodern generation, our our X-factor generation, our millennial generation, our our modern-day folk who always want to know before they involve themselves in something, what's in it for me? Why do I need to go to church? Parents, listen up, because your children, by the time they hit about 13, 10 maybe, they might start asking this question since they have so many rights today. When I was growing up, we didn't have to ask that question. <laughs> Matter of fact, I don't even know if we had permission to ask that question. Why do I got to go to church? Because you live here. Because I said so. That's what we got. But we're going to give you a better answer today. So parents, pay attention. So when your 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old says, why I got to go to church? Because there's benefits to going to church. Amen. The, the, the text starts off here by letting us know, first of all, that Christ is the one who is overall, he is the head of the church. And this head of the church, Christ, he not only descended into the depths, but he ascended. That means he got up from the depths. He got up from the grave and he led captivity captive. And he is the one who is the head of the church. And as the head of the church, when he ascended on high, the text lets us know that he gave gifts to men. In other words, each one of us was giving spiritual gifts from God. But he not only gave gifts to men, but he gave gifts of men to the church. So he gave the church individually gifts. So everybody here who is born again, who is of the family of God, God endowed you supernaturally with spiritual gifts. Y'all still here? Somebody should say, thank you, Lord, for the gifts. And not only did he give gifts to the body individually so that every member of the body can utilize its gifts for the purpose of the body, but he also gave gifts to the church in the form of the men. And the text says he gave those gifts in the forms of uh, pastors and, and evangelists. Let me read it for you there in your text, chapter 4. He gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors, teachers, that is pastor teachers. And so he gave these gifted men as gifts to the body and he gave everybody in the body gifts so that we can accomplish what God has ordained for us to accomplish. Y'all still here with me? And so as a result of that, there are three purposes or three benefits that this collective body of gifted people along with gifted leadership can have. The first one picks up in verse number 12 and verse number 12 says he gave these gifted men and he gave the gifts to the body. But he gave specifically these gifted men, these apostles, these evangelists, these prophets, these these pastor teachers for the equipping of the saints. That's the one of the first benefits I want to lay out to you of coming to the church. The church is the place where these gifted men were given for the purpose of of equipping the saints. Y'all still here with me? So this is the place where people come to get equipped. Lord have mercy. The church is and is designed by God to be the equipping center for the saints. 
Whoo, I'm preaching way better than y'all saying amen. It is the place where the saints come to be equipped. So it's the equipping center. The question is, equipped for what? Is the church the equipping center where we come to get equipped that we might learn how to pray empty prayers and sing senseless songs? Is the church the place where we come to get equipped to be better basketball players, to improve our game and be better baseball players? Is the church the place where we get equipped to develop clubs and cliques? No, no, no. The church is not the, the place for us being equipped for any of those things. But the Bible says, this is why I stay with the Bible. The Bible says that they come together. They were given as gifts for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Y'all see that in your text? It's in verse number 12. The reason, in other words, the reason why you have these gifts in the body of the church is so that they can be equipped to do the work of the ministry. So watch this. When we come to the church, and some of your texts may say for the perfecting of the body. And the idea here that's used in the text is that one of being made ready through mending and restoration. So in other words, let me see if I can fix this for you. The church is the place where you come to get fixed. Lord, help the church is the place when I come in broken, but like a net for a fisher, I come in and I get mended so that I can be prepared to do the work of the ministry. The church, here's for my skeptics that are standing outside the church and saying, oh, the church is just a bunch of hypocrites. They're supposed to be holy and they're supposed to be righteous. Let me help you with that one. We are holy. And we are righteous, but the church is not a museum for saints. It's not a place where we come and put on our images of perfection. No, it's where we come in messed up, but we ought to leave out better than we came in. Lord have mercy. The church is the place where we get perfected to do the work of ministry. And so we, we got to understand this. This is the place, the benefit for us is that we get equipped, we get perfected here in the church. This is where we come in and everybody know when you came in, you wasn't, you didn't have it all together. And so you come in knowing you didn't have it all together, but when you leave, you ought to be a little bit better off. You ought to be mended a little bit more. You ought to be slightly perfected from when you came in the door. And watch this. And because when you leave out, you know that you haven't got it all together. You shouldn't, Lord have mercy. You ought to have an attitude. I can't wait to get back next Sunday because I got more fixing that needs to be done. Lord Jesus. Everything wasn't fixed last week. I need to get back next week. So the Lord, in the, in the perfecting center, in the equipping center, can equip me to better do what he called me to do. I had my car in the shop this past week, and the guy called me and said, um, Mr. Sterling, your car is ready. And I was like, okay. And I'm, I said, I, you know, what time you close? He told me what time to close. And I said, okay, I'll be there. I'll try to be there before you close. He said, don't worry. If not, you can come tomorrow. You still got the loaner car. You, you're good. I said, okay, good. And so 
while my car is in the shop being perfected, being equipped to do what it was designed to do. He calls me back 10 minutes later. And he says, Mr. Sterling, we thought that your car was ready. But it's not cooling the way it's supposed to be cooling. We're going to need to keep it a little longer. You just keep the loaner car that's already working the way it's supposed to be working. I'm going somewhere, y'all. And so in the same way, I didn't tell him, no, I want my car back right now. No, I said, keep that car until you get it perfected. Working like it's supposed to work. If it's got to stay there two days, let it stay. If it's got to stay over the weekend, let it stay. I'm trying to help somebody. If you've got to come to church every Sunday until you get it right, you ought to keep coming back until you get perfected to do the work of the ministry. The text says, this is the equipping center. This is the perfecting center. This is where things are getting perfected. But what for the work of the ministry? But the question is, what is the work of the ministry? What am I being perfected to do? I'm glad you asked that question. Matthew chapter 28 lets us know what our mission is. It's called the Great Commission. He commissioned us, Jesus Christ commissioned us to do the work of the ministry, to make Christ known, to make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things that I have taught you. And then he says, and lo, I'm with you. That's our commission. That's what the church ought to be about. So we need to be careful to stay about the business of God. Are y'all still here? And so when we're, when, watch this, when the church is doing what it was called to do, it becomes an equipping center for the saints. Okay, I'm, I'm going to dig in a little bit later in just a moment. Still in verse number 12. It says, for the equipment of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Here's, here's a second benefit for the church. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Lord Jesus. So, not only is the church beneficial, or one of the benefits you gain from being in the church, uh, the equipping of the saints, but also the edifying of the saints. Now, this word edify comes from a Greek word, oikotome, okay? Oikotome comes from the idea, I love this, it comes from the idea of a house builder or an architect. Watch this. And so, the idea here is that God has given these gifted people the pastors, the teachers, the, the, the prophets, the evangelists. He's given them for the, for the purpose of accomplishing, edifying, that is building the church, building the people. And watch this. But it's building the people in the sense of an architect building a building. So in other words, it's a planned approach to building people. Lord have mercy. Let me see if I can explain this the way I feel it. In other words, the church ought to be a place where there is a planned strategy as an architect does. He lays out the design for how the building is going to look when it's done. And he gets together with the builder and the builder comes up with a strategy for how we're going to get it to look like that at the end. 
Help me, Lord Jesus. And so the church, as we come in, messed up, mixed up, tore up from the floor up, we come into this equipping center under the plan of God to, that the architect's plan might be fulfilled. Pastor, what's the architect's plan? I'm glad you asked that question. Take you all the way back to the beginning of Genesis. I created you in my image. And after my likeness, we're supposed to look like him. That's what we're supposed to look like. We're supposed to act like him. That's what we're supposed to act like. But we ain't there yet. We kind of messed up. So we've come to the equipping center so that we can be put under the plan to be developed so that we can ultimately look like him. Here's the problem that some churches run into. They have no plan to develop disciples. They have no plan. There's no plan for literally growing you up. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in Kingdom Building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.